0: Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Hope Unlimited Church Podcast. We're honored that you're here and we pray that you find this message both encouraging and inspiring. I want to jump right into week three of Making Room. Welcome anybody that's in the house today. Bear with me. Um, I lost my voice in worship this morning, have a really bad habit of doing that. Um, I like to scream the worship songs out, not sing them out. So, so, um, you know how they used to do in the old church? It's like when the pastor or something would have something wrong with his voice or he's dealing with something, they'd just be like, bless him, Lord, bless him, Lord. If you do that, I'm going to have Tom escort you out this morning. Just pray for me silently. I want to jump right in this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's one of the Pentecostal verses that we love. Passages. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Skip straight over 13. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians 12 making room week three i we'll gonna start reading in verse 7 but to each one is giving the manifestation of the spirit for the common good I'm going to read that one more time for each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good not your personal good but for the common good for one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit to another one a word of knowledge to the to according to the same Spirit to another faith by that same Spirit and to another one gifts of healing by the one Spirit and to another one miracles gifts of miracles to another prophecy to another tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues and discernment but one of the same Spirit works all these things for the good, distributing to each one as he wills. I'm going to read one more part. And if one member suffer, all of the members suffer. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body, individual members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing helps administrations and various kinds of tongues are not all apostles are they Are not all prophets are they are not all teachers are they are not all workers of miracles are they all do not have gifts of healing do they all do not speak with tongues do they all do not interpret do they but i earnestly desire but earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray that you would, through this word, encourage someone, empower someone. Let someone discover what they were made to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Dr. J, you're good, dog. Everybody give it up for Jansen this morning. Jansen and Bryson are back in the house together this morning and they're both serving at the same time. So all is right with Hope Unlimited. So um, I just want to kind of get right into it this morning and I want to talk about gifts for a second and the purpose of gifts and then I want to get into your notes. You are gifted by God for the sake of others, not for yourself. God gives you gifts because they serve other people. God gives you talents and different abilities so that you may go and serve other people. Gifts are not for you to show off. Right? If you have a gift of preaching, that's awesome. That's great. Serve other people with that. But the gift of preaching is not for you to build a brand around. The gift of preaching is for you to build up the body with. And so it's also, when you have a gift at church, I'm going to try to be very quick this morning. I'm probably not going to be able to shout because my voice is whatever. It also... I'm not just talking about the gift of preaching. You may have all of the, some of these gifts that I just helped, that I just mentioned here. Those are not for you to build something personal with. They're for you to serve hurting people with, for you to serve broken people with. That's why God gives them to you, because you are to participate in his healing of the world. You are to participate in what there is a, there is a word in acts chapter 3 verse 21 the word is apocatastasis apocatastasis that's the greek word for it that means that means that word means restoration and it means the restoration of all things you are to participate with god in that that is what you're gifted to do you are to participate in restoring all things in the lives of people back to their original purpose and intention. That's why God gives you gifts. So, then the question is, if I am gifted and I have gifts, and I'm supposed to do, if I'm supposed to use those to help people, how do I do that? The number one way I think you should do that is through the local church. I think it's through the local church. And Because I believe still in the South on Sundays, there are more broken people at church than there are anywhere else. Except home, right? And that's a whole different sermon for a whole different day of why they stay home. But there are still broken people that come to church every Sunday morning. And so... I think that you should use your gifts to serve other human beings. Not to build a brand, not to build a ministry, not to... Uh, I'm going to stop. Number one, why should, you, why should I serve? Right? Why should I serve? That's a question that every person has asked subconsciously or consciously before. Why, should I, why does this matter? Why should I do this? Well, number one, people are hurting. Right. People are hurting. And following Jesus isn't all about you. Come on. It's not all about you and your prayer time and your individual time with God. It's not about you. My friend Alex, who's coming next week, will probably say something along the lines of, you aren't as big a deal as you think you are. Yeah. That's how he says that. When I was telling some people, they were like, can you describe Alex? I was like, a very nice, likable, confrontational human. And I don't really know how to say it any other way than that. Because he can tell you one of the most insulting things that you've ever heard. And you'll be like, you know what? I think he's right. <laughs> it's like, I think he's right. And I'm going to change my entire life. That's why he's so good at what he does. But number one, people are hurting. People are hurting. You know, people need relief from pain, and they need freedom from pain. They need relief from pain and freedom from pain. You'll get relief from pain if you just come to church. You'll get freedom from pain if you get planted in a house. You'll get relief from pain if you just come here One or two Sundays a month. That's not what you're called to, though. But people need to taste what freedom feels like. They need to taste what freedom feels like. And then, as a church, through serving them and loving them and caring for them, they will experience freedom. If people come here and they're enamored by all of our spiritual gifts, they will never experience freedom. If you're enamored by the gifts of someone, I promise you there's somebody more gifted. Somebody more gifted. There's somebody more talented. There's somebody that can do it better than you. There's somebody that can write better, preach better, sing better, do all of those things. That's why the church isn't built around individuals with a gift. That's why this is not about me, it's not about Emily, it's not about Wes, it's not about Jam, it's not about Jamie, it's about us. I have a a specific gift that puts me in this position, and this is why I do this. But I am no more gifted than some of you are in your individual areas, Right. right? I'm just not. I'm not trying to be. I'm trying to be faithful with what I have. If we wanted to get into like this, well, can Pastor Cole just develop his preaching gift so that people will just come to hear him? You got the wrong dude. You got the wrong dude. I got phone calls this week with people going through absolute hell. Hell. And I would whether, rather give my time to them than to give my time developing a gift. The Bible says your gift makes room for you. You have it, it's gonna make room for you. You have a place here to serve because people are hurting, because people need what's on the inside of you. People need you to do the things. That God has equipped you to do with the natural giftings and abilities that you have. The next thing, why should you serve? People need a real encounter with Jesus. They need a real encounter with Jesus. People need to come into a life-giving atmosphere. A life-giving atmosphere. Not one where everyone's upset. And you ever been to those churches before where it's just like, you just don't think you're really welcome there? It's like, you came there, you went there, and it's like, oh yeah, they for sure didn't want me here. You ever been to those churches before? <laughs> we're not going to be that church, okay? We d- we're not going to be that church. I have no desire to be that church. Can I tell you, can I just, food for thought. People's encounter with Jesus starts in the parking lot. People's encounter with Jesus Starts before they ever get into here. They do. Do you know why we give so much attention to things here at Hope Unlimited? Because we believe everything is spiritual, everything matters. It is important. The temperature of the coffee is important. It's important. You think I'm joking? It's important, Dave. Dave's over here. He's like, yes, that's absolutely important. The smell that you come in here and smell, that's important. How things are done are important. All of that sets you up to encounter Jesus. And I don't want to be a stumbling block. I want to be a highway. I want people to be able to walk straight into an encounter with God. I don't want to create all of these stumbling blocks for people to have to get around before they can have an encounter with Jesus. That's why when we want people to come here on Sunday mornings, we want to make it easy for guests. I'm being just real honest with you. We want to make it easy for you. We want to make it easy for people to come in here and have an encounter with Jesus. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. You shouldn't have to get around me and my preferences to see him. You know why we don't vote at this church? Because of that reason. That reason alone. We don't vote here. We don't have membership votes here. I don't even know if we track members here. I don't think we do. Jamie says no, it's a no. She does all the admin stuff here, it's a no. If we did track members, we don't anymore, because she said we don't now. But more than you having a gift and us giving you a platform or a stage or whatever, people are hurting People need a real encounter with Jesus. And the last thing, someone did this for you. Someone did this for you. Galatians says, give back in all good things, especially those to the household of faith. Give back in all good things, especially those to the household of faith. Do you know that you're not just serving guests when you come and do all of this here? Yes, we have guests in mind, but we also have you in mind. We also have you in mind. We have the people of this church in mind. There are things that we have done at this church that inconvenienced us to serve you better. Because I will be inconvenienced to serve people. I'm not the pastor who is like that. You can call me, you can text me. I've actually thought about putting my phone number just on the screen during service. I'm serious. Because I'm so tired of the culture where the pastor and leaders and all of those people are not accessible. You just have a gift. And nobody cares about your gift because somebody can do it better. If you're leading people, either get in their lives or quit ministry. You're not called to this. Start a podcast. I'm serious. Just start a podcast. If you don't want to get into people's lives, don't act like you're called to ministry because that is what ministry is. When we call you to ministry here, when I call you to do something here, it's not because I'm enamored with a specific gifting or skill set that you have. I think it's valuable, but we put it in place so that people can be helped. Not so that you can get an ego from it. Here we are, yet again. We proof text to create these cultures with leaders who are inaccessible. We proof text. The number one thing that you learn when you go to actual Bible college is when you're making a biblical argument, don't proof text. Do you know what that means? You take one verse and you say, that's my proof. And you ignore the whole other 66 books in the entire Bible. And you ignore who God is. But we have in the body of Christ, you're gifted. You should serve because people are hurting. Right? First and foremost, people need a real encounter with Jesus. And then someone did this for you. Someone did this for you. This is only possible. This is only possible because someone did work. They worked. They served. They thought about you before you ever walked in this place today. Right? And that's also, let me just give you a little quick, a quick tip. When you're serving, and you feel called to do something, don't focus on the task. Focus on the people that this is going to help. Yes. That's why people get burnout. Yes. They they think about task more than they do people. Yes. Yes. Do me tell you why I don't deal with burnout? Really, just being honest with you, because I have a bigger why than this. I have a bigger why than the task that I'm doing. It's people. It's my family. It's my kid. It's my wife. And what atmosphere am I putting them in on a regular basis? And then it becomes meaningful to me. And it becomes... And and no task is too hard. And no task is too inconvenient. When you think of people first. You're creating an environment here. You're creating an environment. You're creating an environment. I'm going to keep saying it. You create an environment. You create an atmosphere. Everything that you do creates an environment and an atmosphere for someone to encounter Jesus. And that is important. That is something worth giving my time to. That is something worth giving my resources to. An atmosphere and a place where people can encounter Jesus. This church is not a place for you to showcase your talent. Even though we have very talented people, if you had not seen in worship a second ago, they're very talented. They're gifted. I got pumped when Joe hit that guitar solo, but threw my coffee at him. (laughs) Let's see if you can guitar solo with caffeine on your fingertips. Let's see about that. Yeah, But I got pumped Because that is awesome But his, his gifting wasn't He wasn't up here because he was like Oh look at me, I can guitar solo He wasn't doing that His gifting, his talents Were pointing me to Jesus They were pointing me to Jesus if we wanted to showcase talent, we would still be in worship. Wes is over there on the drums, killing it, sweating. You help create an environment for broken people to walk into and receive unconditional love. With no strings attached. If you didn't listen to the sermon from last week, go listen to it. We also have last week's notes. If you missed last week, you can snag some on the way out. We create an environment where people can be loved unconditionally with no strings attached. And it doesn't matter what they do, who they are, where they've been, or where they're planning on going. right. Here's the next question that you probably have asked yourself when thinking about giftings and callings. How many of you have ever heard, like, oh, you have a gift or a calling or a spiritual gift or something like that before? Yeah, almost everyone in the room has heard that before. I'm just trying to get your mind framed to think about this rightly. How do you know what you're called to do? That's, you know, that's the most asked question among Christians. How do I know what I'm called to do? Now I could t- I could break down why it's actually the most asked question. I think it's not good that it's the most asked question, but it is the most asked question. And so I'm going to try my best to answer it. Specifically for people, how do you know what you're called to do? The first one that you the, the first thing that when you feel that you're called to do something, here's how you can identify it. Pretty quickly, what are you passionate about? So your passion. Your passion. How do you know what you're called to do? What are you passionate about? You know what? You know how I figured out that I was called to ministry? I was passionate about leading people. I was passionate not only about having a title of leadership, but being among people And leading them towards Jesus. And you know what? One of the dumbest things that we tell people, that you have to be all together before you can start this. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. You have something that's not completely Christ-like in your life. Here's the awakening. You are not perfect. That's okay. God still wants to participate you within your imperfections and within your issues, right? So, what are you passionate about? Let me ask you this question If money was not an issue, what would you do for the rest of your life? If money was not an issue, what would you do for the rest of your life? You know, I had a friend call me yesterday, and we were talking through, um, we were talking about money, and he was talking about how he just got offered a new job, making a lot of money, but it is, it's going to cause him some major inconvenience around his family. And I said, let me ask you this, do you feel called to do this? Like, is this what you feel like you're supposed to do? And he was like, no, not really. And I was like, then don't do it. I was like, don't do it. Because money won't scratch the itch. It won't. It'll never scratch the itch. I, may, I have made, I'm just being honest with you, I've made way more money than I'm making now. My wife can attest to it. We've been tracking our spending this month. We're just now being made aware of inflation. (laughs) It's like, my God. It's like, I just wanted a bag of fish to eat. $17. It's like, I'm about to buy a pole and go across the street. I live across the street from a lake. (laughs) Pick some worms out of the ground. (laughs) <laughs> the next thing, your passion. You need to ask yourself, what are, your pa- what are you passionate about? Listen, there's not enough money that you could lay out on the table that would make me stop doing this. I promise you, there's not. There's not enough money that you could offer me to do this Incorrectly. Or or to do things that I don't feel good about. There's not enough money. I have been with people who have lots of money. And have said, if you do this, we will pay for this. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. Because if your money has strings attached to it, you can keep it. We don't need it. I don't need it. Not only do we not need it. Well, let me, let me, let me backphrase. We, we may need it, <laughs> but we don't want it. <laughs> There's a whole list of things that we could use that money for. But we don't want it. If it's going to make us do this in a way that we don't feel good about. Let me ask you, this is the next thing that you ask. What are you called to do? Look at what causes you pain. Your pain. Your passion. Your pain. I want to read a verse to you. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. God is is an all-merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Let me ask you this. What makes your stomach turn? When you see something that you think is wrong, it's probably because you're called to change it. When you see an injustice happening to people, it's because you're called to change it. When you have a burden for something specifically... It's because God is calling you to do something about it. Don't stand by and watch injustice. You may be able to do that. I can't. When you have people who are minorities who are being murdered in the street, don't stand by and keep your mouth shut about it. Or don't claim to be a prophetic voice. You have one or two options. So when someone's murdered in the street because of the color of their skin, don't just stand by and watch casually. And if your God stands by and watch casually, he's not worth following. I would have a major deconstruction of your Jesus if he watches injustice just happen. Because he doesn't. When people do things that harm other people, and you sit by and you say, well, that's just fine. That'll just have to be what it is that ain't me dog you got the wrong dude it's just not and it's any people group right any people group and by people group I mean your, the 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 injustice that the church has done to the LGBTQ plus community that has shunned them away from the church it's wrong to the transgender community it's wrong you don't have to agree with everything. Yeah. Nobody's asking you to agree with everything. If you would sit down with people inside of that community, they don't want you to agree with them. Right. They just want you to love them. Yes. Come on. So if that's too much to ask, then my God. If you sit down with people who are being treated unfairly in our country and in our nation specifically... Because our country expands outside of our nation technically. Sorry, had to make that clear. (laughs) I know none of you I know all of you knew what I meant, but I wasn't gonna be able to move on until I made it clear. (laughs) When you sit down with someone who's a minority and you listen to what they've walked through themselves, and something doesn't happen to you and something doesn't move you, like we need to see if you're alive. Just see if you're human. You should not be able to see other people in pain and just turn an eye to it. If you can. You know why Jesus was, the Bible says this, Jesus was moved with compassion towards people's pain. If you look at all of the people that he was moved with compassion towards, it was people who were experiencing great pain. And you know what he did when he showed up? He didn't call them to a standard. He didn't call them to a standard. He just showed up and sat with them. And sometimes he fed them if they were hungry. He met practical needs. But he was moved with compassion because people were in pain. How else do you know what you're called to do? Your gifts what are you naturally inclined to do? What are you gifted to do? I say this all the time. You need to go in the direction of your grace. What can you do very gracefully? What can you do gracefully? What can you do effortless? What does it, what does it cause you to be inconvenienced? Those are some questions that you should ask yourself when you're asking, what am I called to do? What are my gifts? What... What am I naturally doing already? And what am I doing that I could use to serve other people with? That's a question you should ask yourself. I want to read this to you. This is Romans chapter 12. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If he's given you the gift of, if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage other, others, then be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't pretend to love others Don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. And love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. And always be eager. To practice hospitality. Ask yourself, what of those things just come easy to you? What comes easy to you? What comes naturally to you? What what is it? There's something. There's something that comes. It's just like, everything is just easy when you do it. It's natural. It's not hard for you. Right? I'm going to give you Last thing is it pertains to serving and making room for people and just some things that I think I just want to address because I think they're important. Reasons you're waiting to serve. Right? Reasons you're waiting to serve. You know that we don't tell anybody ever, ever in Christianity, we don't tell anybody ever, wait before you pray Wait before you give, wait before you join a community group, wait before you do all of these other things. We don't tell anybody that. We say, hey, these things are going to help you. Serving will help you. Jesus said this, it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive. Reasons you're waiting to serve. Number one, this is the number one common reason. You don't know your place. You don't know your place. How many of you would say that you have felt unsure about what God was calling you to do before? Just about everyone. Everyone has felt that before at some point. You're unsure, you don't know, and really, you don't know where you fit. You don't know how God can use you. And you don't know how God wants to help redeem everything through your serving. Right? You don't know. You don't know your place. You don't know your role. Here is something that you need to understand. The Bible teaches that God has graced you with a gift. And what we do here at Hope Unlimited, what are the gifts that God graces us with? And how can people be plugged in an area to to, to use that gift. To serve the body. Right? That's part of what we do here. It's part of our culture and connect. Right? It's part of you connecting with a leader. We don't want you to just come here and sit. Right? We don't want you to just come here and sit. You are created for more than that. You were created for more than that. You have more in you. And one of the reasons why there is a desire just to sit and receive is because you don't know where you fit. You don't know how you fit in this. Serving can do just as much for you as sitting can. When you do it from the right place. It can do just as much for you as sitting can. It can do just much as you just much for you as receiving can. Jesus said it's better to give than receive. So you don't know your place, right? Here's the second thing. Here's one that I hear all the time. You have fear of failure. You have fear that you're going to let someone down. You have fear that you're going to mess something up. You know who else had fear of failure? Have you ever read the Old Testament? You know why God has to show up and says, don't be afraid all the time? It's because they're always afraid that they were going to fail. You remember when Moses, God calls Moses to go and speak to Pharaoh. He says, you're going to go speak to Pharaoh, and you're going to deliver my people out of Egypt. And the first thing that Moses says back, who am I that I should go? Who am I? Why are you calling me to do this? Why are you asking me? I, you're asking me to be a voice, and I have a stuttering problem. I can't do this. I'm not a good leader. I murdered someone. Right? So you got to ask the question what is keeping you in fear of failure? Do you mean to tell you what a lot of people do? A lot of people say, a lot of people have expectations that they've created in their own mind that leaders expect from them that are not even real. I cannot tell you the amount of times that people have come to me and be like, I just didn't want to let you down. And I'm like, you ain't going to let me down. I'm like, there's no way that you can let me down. We have a rule. I have a rule as a leader. Now, we have limitations on this rule. But I'm biased towards action. Action. I really am. I'm biased towards action. When someone does something and I didn't have to tell them to do it, I'm like trying to hire them. I'm like, we need that person on staff here. One of my favorite memories of Hope Unlimited Church is actually Emily. She did something that I absolutely love to this date. Now, it caused Jamie and Wes to have a heart attack in the lobby. We had to raise them from the dead, but it was awesome. So I was like, man, you remember the wallpaper that was out here on the wall that had city hills on it and all that stuff? You could barely see it. But I was like, man, I really don't like that wallpaper. And Emily's like, all right. She like goes and like peels it back and just rips it off the wall. I'm like, that is what I'm talking about. We need that. That's the spirit. Yeah, this is Thursday, by the way. Church starts 10 a.m. on Sunday This isn't like we did this on Sunday This happened on a Thursday afternoon I love that I'm biased Towards action Jamie is biased Towards plans I don't even believe in those Those are fake It's not going to go as you planned anyway So we'll figure it out You have fear of failure. Moses is called by God. He asked, Who am I that I should go? Exodus chapter 3. Moses, it says this Moses protested to God. He protested God. Who am I that I should appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Israel? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I'll be with you. This is the sign that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you'll worship God at this very mountain. I don't have a lot of time to get into all that he means by that, but what I will say is, when God is calling you to do something, and here is a way that you unpack this. We're going to give you a real practical way to unpack this during a second, here in a second. But when God is calling you to do something, Fear of failure. You can't let that stop you. You're going to make mistakes and he is just really good at cleaning them up. That's the fun part about this. You can screw this up big time and it still be good. Right? Last thing, you don't have time. Time keeps people from doing things. Time keeps people from doing things. And trust me, we have people in this church who legitimately don't have time. Right. They legitimately just don't have time to be as involved as they, as they would like to be. But it's also one of the biggest lies that church people believe. Right. Is that if they don't have time, they can't be involved at all. That's the biggest lie that you could believe. Yes. That you don't have time, so you can't be involved at all. You may not have as much time as others. But you can be a part. You may not can lead a team, but you can serve on a team. You may not can lead a department, but you can serve in a department. You may not can be the pastor, but you can help pastor people. It's as simple as sending a text message. It really is. Checking in on people. That's important. You have a part to play in what God is doing here. If you're sitting in this room, I genuinely believe that. If you're watching online, I believe that. If you normally attend this this church, and you watch it like, hey, they got me a thing with my phone number back there. Charlie made a thing with my phone number. Can we just put it up there? Yeah, that's just beautiful. (laughs) Write it down. This is what I'm talking about. Bias towards action. Charlie, that's what I'm talking about. Jamie, get the checkbook out. Give her an offering. (laughs) Listen, you have, you don't have to to leave it up there. (laughs) If you want it, I will give it to you. No worries. Listen, we want you to figure out what you're called to do. We want you to figure out what gifts that you have on the inside of you. Some of you don't know the gifts that you have. You just don't. You need help discovering those. So, we've made something for you. Okay? So, I want to talk about this for a second before we can close. You guys can, you can come on up, Jansen. So, this is, this is something that I want you to take home with you. I want you to fill it out. There is instructions of what to do with the information when you actually get done with it. You can stand to your feet. So this is, um, partly, this is a personality assessment. And then it's also a spiritual gifts test. It's just a quick test. It's not, these things are not set in stone. But they will give you an idea, right? And we want you to connect with, with our lead team. We want you to get plugged in at this church. We want you to serve on a team here. We want to make room for more people this is what this sermon series is all about and you have a part to play in doing that i'm serious you have a role to play god's called you not only just to be here but to be a part and to do something and there's all sorts of uh different types of spiritual giftings and all of that and so this is what we would ask you to do there's instructions on the front we have them for everyone that's at church today. When you leave today, I want you to pick one up. Maybe you've taken it before. Maybe you've, maybe you've never taken one before. But I want you to pick one up. I want you to fill it out. I want you to email us your results. Because we're committed to not only just being a church where you get to look at people and what they're called to do, but in equipping you to do everything that you're called to do. And so take this home with you. Fill it out. Email us your results. And there's all sorts of instructions here. Yeah, it's like 19 pages. Jamie made these. Everybody give it up for Jamie. Tell you what. Jamie can make a document quickly. If y'all need Jamie to make documents, she's doing them for 50 bucks a pop. So... Jamie Houston Incorporated, whatever. I just made up a business that's not her business. So, but I do want I want you to think about this. You are not just called to be here. You are called to be here, but you're not only called to be here. You're called to be a part of what God's doing here. Let me let me give you a let me just give you a quick example. So, I know that Kelby and Tom have a gift to preach, to teach more than they do to preach. At Wednesdays at the well, this is how this works with me. I don't know y'all lead y'all's teams, however, but you may have to jump through 800 hoops to get on Emily's team, and you may have to sacrifice your firstborn to be on Kayla's team, but on my team, this is how it happened. That's making you want to join their team, isn't it? (laughs) You don't have to do any of that, I promise you. But, like on my team, I had dinner with them the other night, and I sent them, we're doing Wednesdays at the well. I sent them the topics over the next year, and I said, Where do you want, whatever you feel, I want you to interject your voice into these. And so, we're not at this church. We're not restricting you from doing what you're called to do. We're pushing you into everything that you're called to do. And I believe when you find calling, that's also, I don't want to say, it's not synonymous, but you also get a glimpse of a little bit of your purpose and why God made you the way that you made you. And I want that for everyone in the room. Now, you may not be called to preach, but you may be called to be a smiling face and greet people. And can I tell you this? That is as important. That is as important. Just because you see us that doesn't mean that that's less valuable. It's just as valuable. It can change someone's life the same way this can. The little things that make all of this up are just seeds sown in the ground to create this atmosphere that we have week in and week out. When you put up the parking lot stuff, it's seed in the ground, man. It's seed in the ground. When you take a baby from a mom, that's seed in the ground. That's seed in the ground. That's opening up the mom's heart or the dad's heart to receive a touch from God. It's seed in the ground. When you care for people, were just putting seed in the ground and the bible says this one man sows one man waters and god brings the increase and we're going to do all the sowing and all the watering that god calls us to do and we're going to watch him bring the increase, and we're going to make room for people in this church and so i want you to pray with me this morning father i thank you for your presence in this place today lord i pray that you would give us a sense of calling a sense of purpose on the heart of each individual in the room. Lord, I pray that they would begin to know you in a real way this morning. A real way. They would begin this journey with you of discovering everything that they're made to be. But ultimately, they would see your beauty. They would see your beauty in all of it. Lord, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name.